Every season is spooky season in our book. So settle in and prepare to be shook. You are listening to Shook, a comedic podcast about all things paranormal and unexplained. Hey everybody, I'm Amanda. And I'm Santa. And fun fact, before we started recording, Amanda and I were talking about what our death row last meals would be. (laughs) And this is actually kind of difficult for me to pin down because I know I, I won't stop talking about my spaghetti. And honestly, right now, like that probably would be an easy answer. Oh God. But also like, I'm hungry. Also a, a, like a good burger, like just a good, like medium rare burger. Mm. You feel me? Yeah. What would you put on it? I would put mustard as the condiment and then it would have like, of course, lettuce, tomato, bacon. I might even fuck around and put a little egg over medium moment on there. That's very fancy. I might even fuck around and put some avocado on there. I might even put some Cholua on there. I don't know. I would like to have a burger right now. I say go for it. And while you're at it, what sides would you have? Because let's face it, it's your last meal. Calories don't count. God. <laughs> um. So uh, one thing about me, I actually don't like French fries. People always think that's like so weird. Um, but I don't like French fries. There's something about them. It like it hurts me when I eat French fries. Like it hurts my esophagus. I don't know what it is. Um, but I love sweet potato fries and I think I might do some sweet potato fries and I would want them to be well done crispy. If they're not crispy, I don't want it. Take it back. I don't want it. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking that might be my death row meal. Cause I, I might, I might be burning myself out on the spaghetti. Yeah, I mean, that spaghetti's awesome. I've had it myself. It's delicious. But hey, it's your last meal. You got a ball out of control. I got a ball out of I control with that great burger. Um, and it would be like a real good, like thick burger. USDA organic. Ooh, no hormones. Fed. No antibiotics. Yeah. Grass fed. <laughs> that's what I want. Grass and that's fed? what I will get. Absolutely. Grass fed or get out. Grass fed or get the fuck out. Um, <laughs> what would your last meal be? I'm very curious. Would it be shit chili? Oh, God. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. I had to do it to him. I had to do it. Oh to my him. God. Okay, I'm going to tell you what my last meal would be. But first, I just got to say, I can't believe I never noticed that about you, that you don't like regular French fries. Like, as many meals we've had together, I can't believe I never noticed you not eating a regular French fry. Um, Wow. Um, Shit chili. Um, Okay. Backstory, I'm pretty sure we've covered this before, but one time I made delicious chili. Um, The beef was grass-fed, and it was really tasty, but I just took a very haphazard photograph to send to Santa because I was like, ooh, girl, we in the kitchen. Look what we're cooking. And the problem is I I cropped it too hard or zoomed too hard. And so basically it was just the ceramic of the crock pot. (laughs) It looked like a toilet. And she was like, mmm, toilet chili. (laughs) It did not look appetizing whatsoever. (laughs) It was giving ceramic toilet bowl. (laughs) It was. It was. TBH, it looked like the remnants of a last meal, Uh, which, (laughs) believe it or not, wouldn't be toilet chili or even Taco Bell. Ooh, maybe it would be Taco Bell. Oh, that's really hard. Um, Okay. One thing about me is I love shrimp. Uh, if there was a whole platter of shrimp cocktail at a party, call me shellfish, huh, but I would eat the whole thing and have no regrets. Um, I love shrimp. I love all shellfish. I love crab. I love lobster. I would probably want a spread of 
seafood of all different kinds. What about a little surf and turf moment? Ooh, absolutely. I'm glad like you brought that up. Like a little filet with some lobster <laughs> tail. Hunty, it Ooh. is the New York Strip for me. It I is. I love New York Strip. It is. Yeah. Medium rare or get out. That's right. Or you're um, out. You're out. <laughs> New York Strip or you're out. Uh, New York's <laughs> hottest strip. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's she, the New York strips. She she's a bit fatty, but hey, I can get with it. Like she I is. said, calories don't count. So yeah, let's make it a surf and turf moment. And yeah, I probably would want at least one taco from Taco Bell as well. I'm telling you, I would go all out. Yeah, you could really like have them cobble it together. There was someone who had a death row meal that like cobbled together like something from McDonald's and then some other shit. Like yeah. you could do that. You could have like Mexican pizza and Crunchwrap Supreme, a surf and turf moment yeah, from could, like a really yeah. like fine dining establishment. Yeah. Well, if anybody works in the federal prison system in the United States of America, please let us know if it is true that there is a spending limit on your last meal. Because I don't know if this is just a myth, but I heard something about a $20 limit, but I'm <gasps> like, in this economy, <laughs> I can spend $20 at Taco Bell easy. I'll hate myself after, but I can do it. That makes me feel like I'm going to cry. How are you going to do $20 limit? Let somebody ball out real quick. Like, I know they're on death row, obviously. If someone's on death row, it's probably because they murdered somebody, but like... Let somebody get something good before they have to literally be dead. Like Seriously. Wasn't it Eileen Warnos that just had like a cup of black coffee and that was it or something like that? Probably. That's very Eileen. She didn't give a fuck. Give me a cigarette and a cup of black coffee. That's oh, all the fuck I yeah. want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know I she was cussing that. them out right until the end. Well, Santa, I can tell you one thing that <clears throat> I would not eat as my last meal. Well, one thing I would not eat is what I just sent you. Oh my God. That looks like on Fallout 76, they have like two-headed deers and they have what's called a two-headed Brahmin. That's what that looks like from the nuclear fallout. All right. They've got we the extra gonna... appendages. <laughs> just a little extra. So what we're looking at here is an actual taxidermied two-headed calf it is real and i'm gonna tell you about the place where i found this specimen yeah i'm like wondering where the hell you were at that when i tell <laughs> you the stars aligned this past weekend hunty the stars aligned Connolly and i were hanging out in atlanta this weekend and we found ourselves at little five points and that's one of my favorite parts of Atlanta, TBH. But I hadn't been there in a really long time. We did the huge. We went to Vortex. We had burgers. You know, the, the shindig. But there's also this new place. It's been around for about a year now. It's called Rainy Day Revival. And their website is rainydayrevival.com. And basically, this place is filled with taxidermied animals, mummified human remains, the two-headed cow that you see here, rattlesnakes and formaldehyde, a taxidermied cobra. This stuff that this guy's selling, it goes for good coin, obviously, but it's all for sale. And it honestly looks cursed. There is a child's coffin in this no. place filled with allegedly haunted dolls. At least to me, they're haunted because I don't like dolls and I think they're all haunted. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I tell you I found my people, I walked in there and the guy running the shop was like, hey, welcome in. Feel free to take any pictures you want. And I was like, okay, this is tea. Yes. I was like, I'm going to shout you guys out on my podcast. And he was like, oh, what's the podcast? I said, it's Shook. It's a podcast about all things paranormal and unexplained. So we're totally into this shit. And uh, mm -hmm. I had the time of my life. I had the That's time awesome. of my life. I want to go there. Uh, I want to know how next time you come, you're coming. Cow. Yes, Seriously. take me to these curiosity shops yeah. once and for all. <laughs> we also went to Jungman's daughter, which is 
a really cool shop. They have all kinds of stuff that we're into. We're talking plants, tarot cards, books about witchcraft, books about the paranormal, really cute graphic tees, just all the things. So we're going to Little Five. Mm-hmm. I've never yeah, been. So we're going. I've never been there. And if you guys didn't notice, this is our St. Patty's episode. We publish bi-weekly, and this is the last date before St. Patty's Day, so that's why I'm wearing this obnoxious yeah. $3 Target shamrock That's why we're helmet. doing the most. We're doing the most today. And you got a green cup. And I got a green cup. It's cute. So, yeah, you can't pinch me because I have a green cup. Well, with that in mind, Santa, what shamrock spooky story I had you shook this week? I'm going to I'm gonna be transparent with y'all. Amanda sent me a story. It's a story that she kind of skimmed, so she doesn't really know the ins and outs of this story. So it'll still be a little bit of a surprise for her. Amanda is our resident Reddit queen, and she has her finger on the pulse of like all of the good paranormal stories that are circulating on Reddit. Um, and she actually found a really good story that I think ties in with our episode really great. So um, I'm going to read parts of this for you guys. It's a little long, but it has some really good tea. So this user deleted their account, so I can't attribute this to a particular individual. Unfortunately, I would love to give them credit for this. He titled this, My Experiences as an Irishman in a Very Old Town. I live in an extremely old part of an old city in Ireland, a city which has seen uncountable bloodshed and war. To us locals, it is known as Dublin Town. Where I live, my family have lived for generations, we come from very old Irish bloodlines. My street is now made of tarmac, but was once old cobblestones. I have numerous neighbors who have heard the sound of horses clopping outside during night hours, and those of you who know the sound of horses on cobble know it's unique. My great-grandfather lived at the top of an adjacent laneway to my house in what we know as tenement housing. Story goes, one night on his way home from work, in the very early morning hours, he heard a low growl behind him. When he turned, he saw a large black dog with burning red eyes at the bottom of the lane. This laneway is a steep hill and maybe a hundred feet long. It is quite narrow. He ran to the door facing down the lane and proceeded to make his way up to his room where his wife and children lived, including my grandfather. His room faced the laneway and was two or three floors up. He looked out the window. He saw the black red-eyed dog sitting at the top of the lane, maybe 20 feet from his tenement door, staring up at him. This dog is not a good Irish omen. My oldest aunt once seen what she thinks was the banshee as she walked home from a night of partying in the early 1980s. A woman dressed in white, combing her hair and what sounds like unnatural crying. She was sitting atop a 20-foot high wall. My uncle, who is from a different country and is extremely pragmatic, was once driving through the countryside and swears he's seen one of the little people, a leprechaun, sitting beside a bush. Now I will begin my own personal stories. As a child, myself and my three siblings shared the same bedroom, Sadly, when my mother was pregnant with my little sister, she was hit by a car, and my sister suffered some health problems when she was born. Oh, my God. One night when we were around seven and eight years old, I woke up to the sound of my little sister having a conversation in the pitch black room. I slept in the top bunk and will never forget peering over and groggily asking her what was she doing. She was sitting on a chair and told me she was talking to our grandfather, sounding so excited. Our grandfather had passed away a few years earlier. That's when my family realized she was special. Due to the circumstances surrounding her birth, she was not meant to survive, but against all odds, she did. When I was around 12, myself and my little brother, who was maybe 8 or 9, were alone in our bedroom. 
We'd stayed up very late playing games, as young siblings usually do. Our bedroom was ground floor, and the window faced the same huge old slate wall my aunt had seen the banshee decades earlier. When we heard it, I can't describe the exact sound, but it will forever be etched in my memory. I have heard all sorts of urban foxes fighting, wildcats fighting. It was an unnatural crying, sort of like a guttural, but also high-pitched screeching, like the sound of a cat being mutilated on our windowsill. Both in terror, we froze, and my little brother, being a curious kid, wanted to look out. I stopped him, and I remembered what our father had told us. He asked me what it could be, maybe, in the hopes being the oldest brother, I would have some sort of natural explanation. I dared not say it aloud, in fear she would hear us or come for us, and whispered about our father's warning. It lasted what felt like hours, but may have been just a few minutes, and slowly made its way away from our house, the sound of it moving into the distance, while still making that fear-inducing sound will never leave me. Shortly after we got into bed beside each other, and we both agreed we had heard the banshee. Our father once warned us of a woman with long black hair covering her face. She would wear a white dress and be combing her hair. To those who come across her, she would appear to be crying and ask for help. If you speak to her or look at her face, you will die, or one of your family will come to serious harm. She's a protector, but also an omen to the last few ancient Irish bloodlines. She will not appear to all. A few months ago, I was working all over the country with a friend of mine. We set off from Dublin at around 7 a.m., and the van we were in was not running smoothly. Long story short, it had dropped a fuel injector. Against all advice to drive back to Dublin, we continued our journey. What should have been a 14-hour workday in three different counties turned into a 24-hour workday. As we left the coast of County Clare at 1.30 a.m., having finished all of our work, we headed back home exhausted and hungry. It was a stupid thing to do, but we're both hardworking men, and a four-hour drive didn't seem too bad. I was wrong. During the drive, my friend, who is East European, not that it matters, was constantly falling asleep behind the wheel, and as I have no license yet, I couldn't drive in his place. I had a very strong feeling if I fell asleep, we would both die. I had to shake him awake numerous times whilst also fighting the sleep myself. We had two hours left before we reached Dublin when I seen her. A white figure, like a bright human-shaped fog, facing me on the road. It was clear all around the motorway, but this one figure straight in front of me, maybe 20 meters away. I know it wasn't sleep deprivation because I had seen nothing before or after. As we approached her, the urge to sleep finally took over me, and for some reason I told myself, I'm going to die if I sleep, but I can't stay awake any longer. So I closed my eyes, and I drifted into sleep. Where she was, the road diverted into a slipway behind her, and I heard my friend's voice clearly and loudly asking me if I was awake. I woke up straight away to find my friend fast asleep behind the wheel, and we were headed straight for the diversion in the center of the road. A crash like that will no doubt kill all involved. Again, I shook my friend awake, having grabbed the wheel and steered us back onto the road. I never told him about what I seen and only told my girlfriend. It is what has spurred me to write this record of events. Since then, I cannot shake the feeling I was protected by the banshee or some spirit, maybe even my mother. I will now continue my other experiences as it feels only right to do so. Maybe they will help someone somehow. Once as a child, I woke up to see a floating skull facing me in my bedroom. I was... <laughs> floating skull? What? I was in my top bunk staring through the safety bars, and the whiteness of the skull shone out against the darkness of the room. It was not close to me, nor did I feel threatened, but I can't explain what it was hollowed-out eyes, etc. When I was 13 years old, I slept in my grandmother's house. The bottom of my bed faced the window. It was on the second floor, and the window was open. I woke during the night to hear a voice calling me, and I felt a presence coming in through the open window. I don't know whether it was teenage hormones, but it was asking me to sleep with it. 
<laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Years later. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Get it. it was asking me to sleep with it. Years later, I read about Incubus or Succubus, and to this day, I think it may have been one. My mother passed away a few years ago, and during that time, I hated life and hated myself more than life. I've never experienced mental health problems before after this experience. One day, I was alone in my bedroom, and I had a sudden urge to hurt myself. I stabbed myself in the thigh with a pencil and felt a rush due to the hatred I had for myself. At that moment, a book fell off of my shelf. No window or door was open, so no wind or draft could have moved this heavy book. I believe in that moment, my mother was letting me know she was watching over me, and I'm not alone anymore. Other occurrences have happened that have compounded this fact. I have a guardian watching over me always. This is good tea. It's a lot of tea, yeah. (laughs) I thought I saw a black dog in there. Maybe not. That was the first thing. Like the Oh, okay. Yeah. The first thing was the was the black dog, which that is known as a black shuck. Uh that's like the folklore name of it. Black shuck. It's known in like English folklore uh more than Irish folklore. But Okay. T. It's a cryptid. It's a European cryptid. So this is, I think, his final part. A close friend of mine is what we call an Irish traveler. To most, it would be Irish gypsy, but I find both have semi-prejudiced meanings. Their language has some ancient Gaelic vocabulary, not spoken in a long time by the majority of Irish. Their bloodlines also contain some very ancient Irish, too. This is a story of one. In that group of people, arranged marriage is quite common and it is frowned upon to marry without prearrangement. The story goes, one such arrangement between two families was agreed upon, but somehow the soon-to-be groom's family found out the soon-to-be wife was sleeping with a man from a different clan. The marriage was called off, and the oldest women in both families met to discuss the terms of the failed marriage to stop the bloodshed that would begin between the men of both clans. The groom's, this sounds like Peaky Blinders, the groom's grandma, <laughs> it really does. This is Peaky Blinders. <laughs> Did you just watch Peaky Blinders and no, <laughs> just kidding, but this is Peaky Blinders. The groom's grandmother warned the consequences of such were dire and the aforementioned wife would never breed a child, nor would any of her kin. The wife's family took this with a pinch of salt It is better to hear some loose words than to have war between the clans, which would undoubtedly cause a great amount of blood to be spilled on both sides. Years went by, and the wife married the man she had been sleeping with. She chose love over the wishes of both families. Many women she called kin would be pregnant over this time, but all would suffer heartache during pregnancy and lose the children. This is not a fable, but a true story. Now this woman was married to the man she loved and wanted children of her own, soon becoming pregnant herself. Again, heartache ensued, and the child passed away in childbirth. A decade had passed since the clans had broke the marriage agreement, and not a single child had been born. The oldest of the clan went to see another clan as they had known to have a witch or medicine woman. The medicine woman told her, that her bloodline had been cursed and the demonic spirit of a black horse would forever be attached to them. Thus, no children would be born unless the original clan who cursed them could destroy the curse. This is when she remembered the old conversation she had with the other elder woman many years ago, pleading to meet this woman again for conversation to put things right. The young wife became pregnant again, and during this time, the eldest of her clan met with the eldest woman of the original groom's clan, pleading with them to take off the curse as it had ruined the lives of many. I'm not sure why or how, but they decided to destroy the curse, and the wife gave birth to a healthy child, the first to be born in a decade. My friend who told me this does not believe in ghosts or the like, but he knows these curses are real, and just named this one as many examples. It is something I will not forget. 
Since the rules say I must always have a personal experience in my posts, I guess I'll tell the story of my little brother's ex-girlfriend. When my brother was 16 years old, he had a girlfriend from the local area. None of my family liked her as she did not seem good for him. One night, not long after my grandmother had passed away, they decided to stay in my grandmother's home to keep one of my aunts company. My grandmother was extremely opposed to them dating and was basically the matriarch of our whole family. They made a mistake this night of staying in her bed. Supposedly, the girl woke up during the night to see a dark shadow standing next to her, peering into her face. This girl was not one for the spiritual, nor did she believe in ghosts. She woke my brother, and both of them soon left the house. She never returned, and they broke up shortly after. This dark shadow has never been seen in the house before or after. It is actually a home I feel quite calm and always feel like my grandmother's loving presence is still there somehow. I've slept there numerous times on my own since then, even in my grandmother's old bed. Not once have I felt threatened or seen anything. Okay. There was so much tea in that. He just told us like so much Irish folklore and also the the gypsy curse stuff at the end was really interesting. I didn't really know much about that stuff until watching Peaky Blinders. That's why that reminded me of that so much because there's like a whole lot of gypsy curse stuff going on in Peaky Blinders, which I won't spoil for anyone, but if you haven't seen it, you should because it's a great show and there's like five seasons on Netflix. It's worth it just to watch Killian Murphy. Like he is, he is the most attractive He's the most attractive human I've ever seen. Like, so if you want to watch, it has everything. It has gang activity. It's like a period drama set in the UK. It's got fighting. It's got guns. It's got some sex scenes here and there if you like that kind of stuff. But (laughs) most importantly, Killian Murphy. Anyway, back to the story. That story you just told, I really did skim it, and it went in several different directions I did not foresee. This story had everything. (laughs) This story is Ireland's hottest club. Like, (laughs) it it really does have everything. He touched on a lot of different things that I've I've not really researched much, like the, the black shuck, the dog. And then so, the banshee. So this fellow continued his story within the comments, or mm-hmm. are any of those stories inside from other commenters? Um, he continued his story in the comments. Mm, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see that part. Okay, I'm glad I didn't yeah. spoil it for myself. I just saw a few things, and I was like, "Ooh, this is gonna be good." Send. <laughs> yeah, he just like kept. Uh, going and going in the comments yeah so he he covered the black shuck he covered the banshee he covered gypsy curses all very interesting topics he he even mentioned a leprechaun at one point which i am actually not going to go super super deep in those directions because he went so, so many different directions i feel like we could probably do an episode about the banshee we could probably do an episode about um the different things he talked about i would mm-hmm. love to do more research on those particular cryptids and Absolutely. talk about them in the future. But especially since he mentioned the leprechauns doing mischief and getting people shaken up. What had you shook this week? Well, I don't know how you guessed, but guess what my topic is. <laughs> okay, so well, the story that had me shook this week in honor of St. Patty's Day. Uh, I did decide to cover Not a Ghost. Not UFOs, not an alien abduction, not even necessarily a cryptid, but the elusive mythological creature, you guessed it, the leprechaun. You know him, you love him, the good old, they'll never get to me lucky charms leprechaun. Speaking of which. Oh, lucky charms in the Don't be like me. It's terrible for you. It's full of sugar and all kinds of shit. Uh, But desperate times call for desperate measures, and today was that day. So yeah, we're covering a little bit of folklore today in honor of St. Patty's, and I don't know, Santa, do you remember in grade school, or maybe your school didn't do this, but did your teachers in, say, like, kindergarten, first, second grade, lay 
glitter gold trails down the hallways so that the kids could try to find the leprechaun in the school? No, all my teachers did was like have some scissors go missing. We'd have to just like look for them. <laughs> and then the, and then they would be like, I guess the leprechaun came and took my scissors. Oh my gosh, that's an annoyance if I ever heard the of The production Sometimes. value was in the fucking <laughs> No. The production value yeah. was not giving. It wasn't. But it I'm wasn't glad it. I'm glad that they cranked it up for for y'all because that's that's cool. Keep the magic alive. Keep the magic alive. Yeah, my my elementary school, shout out to Big Shanty Elementary School. <laughs> that place was awesome. And shanty. I had some great memories there. <laughs> big the big shanty. I'm um, sorry. I don't know why sh- that makes me laugh. <laughs> shanty. <laughs> the big shanty. Um, just a little just shanty. Kind of okay, so <laughs> when I was a kid, I do remember my teachers leaving glitter gold trails down the hallways and challenging us to find the leprechaun. And I don't remember if they hid anything from us, but we did do those construction paper shamrocks and string those along. So when I think of St. Patty's Day, that's what I think of. And honestly, I don't know why teachers decided to do the the glitter gold because it's been said before, but glitter is the herpes of the art closet, okay? It is impossible to clean up. <laughs> I love glitter. And I don't mind if it's if there's remnants of it. I like I like the sparkle. You like the sparkle. Yes. Well, on that note, my school was pretty festive and we had celebrations of all kinds for for every holiday, whether it be Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever. And I loved my teachers because they always they always did the most. They even would celebrate when you lost a tooth. And uh, I got to tell you a little sidebar before I get into the meat of the story. First and foremost, I don't remember if I ever actually truly believed in leprechauns, but I definitely believed in the tooth fairy, like 100%. And so <laughs> one thing about me is every time I lost a tooth, Best believe I was ready to get the gold. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Um, and one night, I was probably like six years old, and I <laughs> I had finally lost one of my molar teeth or one of the teeth kind of near the back, and I was so proud. And obviously, I was expecting a huge cash out. Um, call J.G. Wentworth, 877-CASH-NOW. Actually, no. Call the Tooth Fairy, 877-CASH-NOW. Yeah, uh, I was ready to be rolling in that dough. Because this was a fat tooth, you feel me? Okay, so I was ready to collect my coins, and one night I decided I was gonna be a little bit tricky myself. And I grabbed a mason jar and I held it underneath my pillow and I pretended to go to sleep, you know. And I was like, this is for sure going to shock and amaze the world because I'm going to catch the tooth fairy, I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, my punk ass woke up the next day and shit. The mason jar was flipped over on the ground and there was no tooth fairy inside of it because I'm a human and I have physiological needs, including catching those Z's. I really thought, you know, I really thought that I was going to get some coins. Um, I really should have tried to put my efforts towards catching a leprechaun, though, because then I could have gotten some gold. I'm sure you can imagine my dismay, my disappointment when I grew the heck up and I realized okay, I didn't catch the tooth fairy because the tooth fairy is not real, which, oh my God, that also means Santa Claus isn't real and the Easter bunny isn't real and by default, leprechauns probably aren't real. It's really disappointing if you ask me. Honestly, if you if you have living proof, if you have a photograph, if you have a mason jar with a leprechaun inside of it, please, for the love of God, Slide in our DMs. I want to see it because it's one thing I don't necessarily believe in, and I, and I want to believe in it. So come at me. So yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, they're not real. And one day, I decided I was going to be quite brazen with my mom. I went downstairs to the uh, the laundry room in the basement, and I said, Mom, we need to talk. Keep in mind, I'm like nine years old. And I was like, listen, I know some things. She's like, what? 
I said, Mom, Tooth Fairy's not real. Santa's not real. Easter Bunny's not real. Leprechaun's not real. And she was like, <gasps> don't you tell Seth or Emily. And I said, you bet I mm-hmm. won't. I won't. They can have the mystery. Keep the mystery alive, right? We didn't have Elf in the Shelf back then, but sorry, if you are six years old, I don't know why, you know, if you're six years old and you're listening to this podcast, I don't know why you're here because Santa and I are old and we talk about, we cuss and we say inappropriate stuff sometimes. Okay. You feel me? So anyway, enough of that tangent. Mm-hmm. Wait, I want to comment on what you said when you were telling oh, your yeah. mom. So I remember also like back then when I realized that everything wasn't real. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I remember being like very much like Santa's not real. Because I found out that Santa wasn't real in third grade because I believed in Santa. And then there was a kid in my class that just ruined it for everybody because he got up and cause we were doing like a secret Santa mm-hmm. and we were talking about what Santa Claus is going to bring us at home. And he got up and he was like, my mom and dad said Santa isn't even real. So, and everybody in the class was like, eh. <laughs> like we were, we were crying. <laughs> he fucked us up, dude. And then I went home and I was like, this boy said, and basically, it, I was disillusioned from then, right from then. And I kind of feel like we were little shits for going and like telling our parents, "Tooth Fairy's not real. This isn't real. Nothing's real," because they were right. like trying. They were trying to let us be kids for as long as they could. And then I it know. was like we came in there. We were just like meh. And now we're a, a f- asshole preteen. So enjoy. <laughs> right. Enjoy trying God. to make us happy at this point. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> TBH. Now that you say that, I was kind of a jerk to my mom that day because, yeah, she probably did want me to know what it's like to be a kid for real. And enjoy it with Emily for as long. But, like, and same right. with, like, my little brother, too, because I had a, I have a little brother. Yeah. And and it's, like, me as the older sibling. It's just, like, we got to ruin it for everybody. Like... <laughs> Or, or just keep up a facade as long as we can of like, oh, that's from Santa, isn't it? Oh, my God. Seriously, That's definitely dude. not from mom. <laughs> Honestly, like, we didn't even know what we had come in. <laughs> Adulthood literally just smacked us in the fucking face like Regina George's bus. Right. We um, could have just kept on and not listened to that little asshole dude in third grade. Right. We could have been like, no, you're wrong. You know what? There's, there's some appeal to delusion. Yeah, and go from being hellbent on the existence of leprechauns and Santa to the earth is flat. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Delusion also helps with manifesting, so. So it does. You're right. No, honestly. We should believe in the leprechauns because we could have monies. We could. Oh, my gosh. I was a jerk then. I feel bad now. I have to tell you one of my brother's jokes. I can't take credit for this joke. This joke was so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. He said one time, we were probably like 14, 15 years old, and he came up with this joke. He said, dang, we're about to have to get our first jobs, and then we're going to have to be adults and, you know, have responsibilities. Sponsor billeries, if you like the Rugrats. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you think when babies are being born – they know what the heck's going on, and they just claw their way down the birth canal and say, I don't want a mortgage. I feel like I definitely did that. <laughs> I definitely said, I don't want to pay bills. Like, especially. Because <laughs> yeah. Some of these babies, myself included, came out looking mad as fuck. Oh, God, yeah. Seriously. I was just like. That was And me. especially, Newborn. especially if you. If you had a past life, if past lives are a thing, mm-hmm. um, and you freshly remember, oh, God, this shit again? Yeah. <laughs> Lord. I wish I could remember the past life stuff, like, so bad. Oh, because I feel like kids, when they, when we're really little, we, like, have those memories, and then they just leave us. Is what it seems like, because I've seen so many videos of, like, kids just, like, telling us their whole... Yeah. Their whole life story from when they were married to so-and-so and had five <laughs> kids and drove a, this red car and, like, they remember shit. Right. They be remembering shit. 
they be it's crazy we'll have a past life episode soon please i think for the love of god i think we will we'll we'll dive deeper into that yes okay so sorry about all the tangents here we go yeah finally the moment you have been waiting for i'm gonna roll out the green carpet not the red carpet don't get it twisted <laughs> leprechauns uh i have to shout out my favorite source for this whole thing it's uh Sinisterhood podcast. I love them. I always have. I went back in the archives and last year they did a great episode about leprechauns, like really good deep dive. It's hilarious. And yeah. So if you want a real deep dive, go on over to Sinisterhood podcast and go back into March, 2022 and you'll find it. It's just called leprechauns. Okay, here we go. Leprechauns are mythical creatures from Irish folklore that are often depicted as small mischievous, and solitary beings who possess a pot of gold. They are typically portrayed as male, wearing a green suit and sporting a beard. The origins of leprechauns are somewhat murky, but some scholars suggest that they may have evolved from Celtic beliefs and nature spirits. In Irish mythology, leprechauns are associated with the Tuatha de Danann, a race of supernatural beings who are said to have inhabited Ireland before the arrival of the Celts. The earliest written reference to leprechauns appears in a medieval tale called The Adventure of Fergus, Son of Leti, which dates back to the 9th or 10th century. Maybe even the 8th, that was kind of fuzzy for me. However, it was not until the 19th century that leprechauns became widely recognized as part of Irish folklore. According to legend, leprechauns are shoemakers who work hard all day, but they really do enjoy playing tricks on humans. They are also known for their love of gold, which they are said to hoard in a pot at the end of a rainbow. In many stories, humans who capture the leprechaun can force him to reveal the location of his pot of gold. However, leprechauns are known for their trickery and often try to deceive their captors. In addition to their mischievous nature, leprechauns are also associated with good luck and are sometimes considered to be guardians of treasure. In Irish mythology, leprechauns are said to be descendants of the god Lug or Lug. I should have checked the pronunciation on that. I apologize. Who was associated with wealth and skill. Today, leprechauns have become popular symbols of Irish culture and are often associated with St. Patrick's Day celebrations. While they may have originated as mythical creatures from ancient Irish folklore, leprechauns have taken on a life of their own in popular culture, appearing in films, television shows, and on cereal boxes or cereal cups from the little shop down down the street. (laughs) Uh, We love a good quick trip type situation. You feel me? But of course, leprechauns are the main mascot of St. Patrick's Day. So I'm going to say a little bit about St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day is a cultural and religious holiday celebrated on March 17th each year. It is named after St. Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland, who is credited with bringing Christianity to Ireland. St. Patrick was a 5th century missionary who is said to have used three leaf shamrocks to explain the concept of the Holy Trinity to Irish people. Over time, he became a relevant figure in Irish culture, and his feast day became an important event in the Catholic Church calendar. The first recorded St. Patrick's Day parade took place in New York City in 1762, organized by Irish soldiers serving in the British Army. However, it wasn't until the 19th century that St. Patrick's Day became a widespread celebration in the United States, with Irish immigrants using the holiday as a way to celebrate their heritage and culture. Today, St. Patrick's Day is celebrated around the world, with parades, festivals, and other events taking place in countries with large Irish populations, such as the United States and places like Savannah, Georgia, Chicago, Illinois, also in Canada, Australia, and the UK. It is also a public holiday in Ireland where people attend church services and participate in parades and other celebrations. St. Patrick's Day has become an important symbol of Irish identity and culture, with green being the color most associated with the holiday. Traditional Irish food and drink, such as corned beef and cabbage and Guinness beer, my goodness, my Guinness, (laughs) are also commonly consumed during St. Patrick's Day celebrations. While St. Patrick's Day has a rich history rooted in Irish culture and religion, it has also become a global celebration of Irish heritage and identity with people of all backgrounds coming together to celebrate the holiday. 
Alrighty, so now that we've gone through the basics of what a leprechaun is and the history of St. Patrick's Day, all that entails, uh, I have to tell you about a couple things pop culture related to the leprechaun. Santa, <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Leprechaun? I have. It was a really, <laughs> it was a really long time ago. I feel like I was in middle school or something when I watched it. But yes, oh. I have seen. I think there's like multiple ones, but I've only seen the first one. Well, Santa, I'm sorry that you've seen it. Uh, I'm sure you know that it earned 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. I want to say there's eight movies in the entire series. I didn't know there were eight. God, it's it's something like that, and. Connolly and I watched this movie maybe two or three months ago for the first time. I didn't watch it when I was a kid. Um, and Wait. we got to talk about what? Wasn't Jennifer Aniston in the first one? Yes, hunty. I was just about to talk to our girl, Jennifer Aniston. This movie is kind of where she had her big come up. She had her big pop-off yeah. moment. First, it's Leprechaun, which, ugh, it's terrible. Then Friends. Then Brad Pitt, you know? Like, she... She did the damn thing. So regardless of the fact that I've heard that she's embarrassed to have been a part of the Leprechaun movie, um, check me on that. But I'm pretty sure I read an article that said that she was embarrassed about it. Um, yeah, I think I've seen she, that too. <laughs> the, at, the, at the very least, she she built a career out of it. Um, but definitely, I'm not going to spoil the movie. If you want to take your chances, last I recall, it's on Tubi. That's where we watched it. Uh, on Tubi, movies are free, and you just have to watch some ads. That's pretty much the tea on leprechauns. We've got the folklore, and we've got the pop culture of it all. So that's really all I've got. Um, and again, if you want a really deep dive on leprechauns and St. Patty's Day, check out Sinisterhood Podcast. They did a great job. And yeah, that's all I've got. <laughs> I really did look for real bona fide, bona fide sightings. I wanted to find images of leprechaun corpses and things like that couldn't find mm -hmm. a dang thing like they do with the mermaids um. well santa you probably want to get to your spaghetti if you made any <laughs> i didn't make the spaghetti but i am having spaghetti um so yes i do i'm starving and i know amanda wants to have taco bell also <laughs> um thank Hopefully you it's not my for last meal yeah it's not okay, sorry it's not thank you for joining us for our saint patrick's day moment yeah. uh, episode and we last episode we did shook stories for the first time in a while mm -hmm. and we'd love to do more of those and we would love to hear any and all creepy stories from our listeners Please send those stories to please shook paranormal pod at gmail.com. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at shook podcast. We have a link tree available there. Shookpodcast.com. We also have a link tree available there um, and a contact form on the website as well. There are so many different ways that you can send us our stories. You can even slide into our DMS. Just make it easy on yourself. Whatever works. Yeah. Cause we're out here on Pretty much all platforms. So we're here to receive yes. your stories. And also check out our Patreon. Um, it's developing. We have Cutting Room Floor Episode 2 coming at you. I would say by the time this releases Cutting Room Floor of Episode 2, which is the behind the scenes of our second episode, will be up on the Patreon. We already have Cutting Room Floor Episode 1, and we're going to do one for every single episode. So it'll just have stuff that gets cut out from the episodes. And it's always stuff that's funny and embarrassing mm -hmm. and usually self-deprecating. So if that's your thing, join Come us on. on the Patreon. <laughs> there's, there's like really low levels. We're going to add some higher levels with even better perks here pretty soon. But just come on. Yeah. And we also do a shout out on air for those yes, who we do. become patrons and your friend just joined us. Yeah. I was actually thinking about that, that we had not shouted out Aaron yet. Aaron Damey just joined the Patreon. Thank you so much Yay. for joining Aaron. Thank you so much for supporting us. Yes. And also thanks again, Emily and Catherine. 
Yes. Uh, for continuing to support us from the beginning. There are day ones uh, right there. Day ones. That's right. Emily and Catherine. Be like Emily, Catherine, and Aaron. You you too can be a day one because um, we're technically still day one. Uh, <laughs> if you think about it, we're still on we're still on the ground floor. So come yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, also you get to see an exclusive video that my grandmother said I could send. It is her personal ghost story. My grandmother is 90 years old. And to this day, she still remembers the time that she had a paranormal experience. And it's on video in the Patreon. And yeah. also, uh, also we have a private Discord channel that is a perk with Patreon. And if you're not quite there yet, not sure if you want to get on the Patreon bus, we also have a private Facebook group called Every Season is Spooky Season. So, yeah. Yeah, just like join all of the things. Support us in any way that is convenient to you. Even if it's just subscribing on YouTube, liking some videos on YouTube, commenting on YouTube, leaving Mm -hmm. us a review on Apple or Spotify. There's so many ways that you can support that isn't Patreon, that isn't spending money. So Yes, and we appreciate any level of support you've given, whether it be just a review, joining the Patreon, whatever. We are happy. Following us on Instagram, even. Following us, yes. All of it. All of it. Thank you so much. And I guess that's our show. Yeah. Help us grow so we can do more cool stuff and have some more merch and live our best lives. Yes. Okay. We love you. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into Shook. New episodes of Shook drop every other Wednesday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, soon to be wherever you find your podcasts. Check out our show notes for more information on this week's episode, our social links, and more. Until next time, stay Shook. Hey, do you have a personal paranormal encounter that you'd like to share with us? Visit our website, shookpodcast.com, to fill out our contact form. Or you can send us an email at shook.com paranormalpod at gmail.com.